The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes to our listeners around the world in the countries of Italy, the United Kingdom, and Canada, in the, and in the states of Arizona, Georgia, and Washington. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening. Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you you for listening and making this show success possible. I love hearing from you, so please keep sending me your questions and comments. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul, as you learn to hear the still, small voice within over the loud voices of others. You will begin to feel at peace because your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine. It is through this connection that miracles occur like unexpected healing, healthy relationships, peace, and wealth. So please use these tips. My tip for this week is in honor of our topic today. Be positive. The person we judge the most is ourselves. Listen for the ways in which you criticize yourself and others. When you think or hear a negative thought, turn it into a positive. For instance, replace I'm stupid with I know a lot of things. Lately, when I notice myself thinking a negative thought about someone else, even a stranger, I erase the negative thought in my mind with a blackboard eraser and I substitute a thought like, we are all on our own journey. 
Working with thoughts about myself and about others has transformed my life. When I'm not focused on what's wrong, I find myself focusing on what's good. I have more time and energy to actually enjoy my life instead of just surviving it. Having learned how to do this for myself, I enjoy helping others learn how to do it as well. That's why my next workshop is titled, Think Positively. Make 2017 your best year yet. Last week, people loved my From Fear to Freedom workshop. They were shocked to learn that we have 60,000 thoughts a day and over 80% of those thoughts are negative. Even more disturbing is that we keep repeating the same negative thoughts over and over again from day to day, week to week, and year to year. This affects your self-esteem, self-confidence, relationships, health, and even financial abundance. In fact, it affects Every area of your life, everything begins and ends with your mind. What you give power to has power over you, but only if you allow it. Seeing your life from a positive perspective changes the way you think, which changes everything. As you let go of negativity, you become grateful and positive in word, thought, and deed, resulting in your ever-increasing happiness, peace of mind, joy, prosperity, and good health. In this experiential workshop, you will redirect your frustration and turn it into positive, effective, unstoppable determination. Find the silver lining in everything you've endured. Make conscious decisions to create the life you desire. Let go of destructive worry, stress, and anxiety. Choose peace, love, gratitude, health, prosperity, and happiness, and learn techniques to use on your own. We'll be at CSL Dallas, a center for spiritual living, Saturday, January 14th. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present this seminar or another one in your area, like the I'm Awakening, Embodying the Divine Feminine, Looking Ahead, my seminar on financial abundance, What You Don't Know, was so well-received that they asked me to do a full-day seminar on it. I'll be announcing that date soon. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of uplift your life nourishment of the spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. 
we open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Mark Coleman, who is here to talk with us about how to stop criticizing ourselves and make peace with our minds. Last week's show with Dr. Jerry Lynch, who spoke with us about putting the fun back into playing sports, was so enjoyable. I got an immediate email from a listener saying, that was a great show. And Dr. Lynch wrote me the following note. I love the conversation that you and I had together. You are quite authentic, genuine, and a great spirit. Thank you for the wonderful opportunity to allow me to make a difference. And he did make a difference from sharing wisdom to practical advice on good parenting because helping a child become their best is the same whether you're focused on athletics, academics, or character. Jerry understands the value of listening to your child from little decisions to big decisions because it shows we value them. A bonus is that if we listen to them, they just may choose to listen to us when we give advice. He said the two most important things to say to your child after their sports game are, I love watching you play, and where would you like to go to eat? This is what creates family togetherness and shows your child that you care about them, not just whether they won the game. The last thing they want to hear is what they did right or wrong during the game. The fact is they probably already know, and if not, it's their coach's job, not their parents, to help them improve their playing. And it's playing. That's the whole point. Let them have fun. To listen to this show, I encourage you to click on the episode link. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. Now it's time for my silver lining story. At the beginning of 1998, I was in an automobile accident that left me with a great deal of pain. I was hit on the driver's side by someone who ran a red light. My recovery was complete, but it took a long time. One silver lining was that I chose to use that time to do some writing and emotional healing. Here's a piece that I titled, Judgment. It isn't polished. This is the way I wrote it. What does judgment do to us? What did it do to me? Sometimes it freezes me and stops me from acting. Sometimes it prevents me from enjoying my actions or the fruits of my labor. Who is this panel of judges who dares to issue a verdict on every action that could bring me pleasure, fulfillment, ease, grace? Who are these forces that decide what I can do, what I should do, and what I should enjoy doing or having done? 
there's the voice that says, Sha, what will the neighbors think? As if all the neighbors have to do is sit in judgment of me. Who are these ever-vigilant neighbors? The Gestapo, the informers, the ones who see us as other and are always waiting for a mistake, waiting for us to come out and reveal ourselves as being Jews, being alive, coming out of hiding, always ready to zap us, kill us in a pogrom, send us to a concentration camp, torture us, burn us at the stake in a crazed frenzy like during the Inquisition. Don't look or act Jewish or you'll be seized. Don't be yourself. Don't do anything wrong. Don't move without thinking or you're dead. If only I can make myself small enough, they won't see me. At least then I'll be allowed to live, to breathe, that is. Don't reveal your true self, your true desires. Your life is at stake. Don't risk. Then there's the, we sacrificed and you owe us, Judge. He keeps track of the payback, ensuring that I follow the biblical law to honor thy mother and thy father and do what they want me to do and be who they want me to be. The main judge, however, is God. God is everywhere, watching, checking off good deeds and bad like Santa Claus and deciding who will live and who will die. Jewish history has taught me that if you misread one situation, make one simple mistake, you're dead. So every action is preceded with fear, hesitation, contemplation, because the stakes are high. So must I now live in fear of God's judgment and punishment? Did the auto accident happen as a punishment because I was not paying attention? Or was it a blessing because it ended the life I was living? Did God give me a way to stop, go underground, and come back more than I was, to remake myself, to dramatically say goodbye to the old and usher in the new? Was it God asking me to be still in the hands of the potter? Is it a friendly or an unfriendly universe? Is God on my side or against me? A punitive parent or a loving supporter, guide, cheerleader, and partner? In the end, all God really wants is for us to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And deep in our hearts, we know the truth of who we are. So who is the real judge? We are. And no one is harder on ourselves than we are. So if we are not our own best supporter, who will be? If we do not cease to negatively judge ourselves, we are not on the side of God or justice. It is time to quiet the negative voices in our heads. It's time to view each day in the light of what we did right, how we grew and what blessings came our way. The glass that is filling is always better than the glass that is emptying. How we view our reality becomes our reality. So if we want to judge, judge the positive, and it will grow like the flower that receives water and fertilizer. The flower that is ignored or stepped on dies. Choose life. As a thank you to God, your parents, your ancestors, choose to be all you can be and judge yourself worthy. As Tevye and Fiddler on the Roof said, L'chaim, to life. 
Writing this helped me understand the roots of so many of my negative thoughts. As we learned in our show with Bela Ross on April 30th, 2015, Family trauma changes our DNA and affects our emotions and thoughts for generations until we choose to do something about it. In 1998, immediately after I wrote the piece I just read, I made a list that I titled Blessings from This Accident. And looking it over, I realized that I was beginning to understand that I didn't have to be a victim of my thoughts any longer. One of the blessings I wrote was that the accident gave me the opportunity to change old patterns of thinking and behaving. And our guest today knows a lot about how to change negative patterns of thinking. Mark Coleman is the author of Make Peace With Your Mind and also Awaken the Wild. He is the founder of the Mindfulness Institute and has guided students on five continents as a corporate consultant, counselor, meditation teacher, and wildness, I'm sorry, wilderness guide. He lives in Northern California. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you want to get uplifting messages between shows, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. In addition to posting all of our shows, I post special uplifting messages to you, and I repost videos that will make you laugh, feel good about all the kindness in the world, fill your heart with the beauty of nature and animals, the delight of dance and music, and the joy of being alive. With all of the hurtful words, anger, and fear that's being spread, we must find a way to keep ourselves positive. Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. As one Facebook friend wrote, you are wonderful. Thank you for being you and for giving so much of yourself for the ultimate good. This woman understands that the answer to hate is love. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. While listening to the commercials, use the link on this page to like us on Facebook. Then friend Paula Joyce and I will help you be part of the solution. Then click on the link to read about and register for Think Positively. Make 2017 your best year yet, or to schedule one of these workshops in your area or another one. Then go to the calendar of events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Mark Coleman, who is here to talk with us about how to stop criticizing ourselves and make peace with our minds. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals. Solve your most challenging problems. 
and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to become a sponsor of the show or a part of the conversation today, please call one 472 5795 or email drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let us know what's on your mind and heart. I hope you wrote down what you are willing, that you are willing to make the effort to stop criticizing yourself. And I'm so pleased to welcome Mark Coleman, who's here to talk with us about how to stop criticizing ourselves. And I love this part of it and make peace with our minds. Welcome, Mark. It's good to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Well, thank you for um, being on. And I would... um, I think it would help our readers, I'm sorry, our listeners, if you would, uh, so here I am doing all these things that, that are, that I could potentially criticize myself for, like saying readers instead of listeners, and we just have to laugh sometimes. So let, if you would please begin by helping us understand how you had all this awareness and understanding of the pain of the inner critic and how to heal it. Yeah, so my story goes back a long way. I was uh, in my late teens, and like so many young people, was um, I was a frustrated, angry, confused uh, young man and um, thought all the problems of the world were out there, and I was looking for any target for my anger. I was a punk rocker in London. I was an anarchist and 
part of a lot of protest movements. And um, what I didn't realize was so much of the pain that I was feeling wasn't just because of the suffering and oppression and injustice that I was seeing outside, was also the way that I was very harsh and critical and judgmental of myself. And it was only when I uh, was introduced to the practices of mindfulness meditation um, that I began to turn that awareness inside and to see what I was doing to myself, how I was talking to myself and judging and berating and belittling and shaming. And I realized that that was actually so much of the cause of a lot of anguish. And so through the practice of mindfulness and then later through the practice of kindness and compassion, I began to find ways to interrupt and not listen to and be impacted by those negative messages. And it's quite a journey. You were fortunate that you picked up on what was going on so early. I didn't until much later in life. And it wasn't because I cared about myself. It was because I suddenly realized how I was hurting other people. Because Mm. when I judged myself, I was also judging them. Of course. Yeah. In the book, I call it the swing door of the critic that, you know, what we practice, we become. And if we practice judging ourselves, no doubt when we're around other people, we'll have similar judgments in the same ways that we've rejected parts of ourselves. And if we take great, you know, fondness in it, in, in criticizing and judging and finding fault with others, guess what happens when we come home and it's just us to focus on. And so either way, we want to be mindful of you know, what habits are we strengthening? And are we strengthening habits of negativity and judgment? Or are we strengthening habits of seeing the good, uh, inclining towards kindness, and um, having a more uh, fair and accurate view of uh, the world and each other and ourselves? And as we be... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just just was going to say, I know which one I want to practice strengthening, and it's not the (laughs) negative, cruel one. (laughs) Um, Yes, and and yes, we laugh at that, except that I think when you grow up with so much criticism, as as so many of us do, then, and some of it's because parents are trying to guide us or whatever, or teachers, but nevertheless, there are so many negative messages that we get that that feels normal. And so even though I would rather be happy, normal misery feels normal. Right. No, it's true. We become very habituated to that voice. You know, that the, the critic starts at a very young age, you know, as, as a self-protective mechanism originally to help us fit in with our family and, you know, not, you know, not be ostracized or rejected. And so it, and it's a healthy uh, process that helps us manage, you know, dealing with the the, the vulnerability of being young and, and human. And but unfortunately, what happens is that voice strengthens over time and becomes locked in, and be, so it just becomes part of the living room furniture in our head that we no longer notice, and we come to think it's just normal to be judging and shaming and um, disparaging and always looking at what's wrong or what our faults are, what we haven't done, what we could do better. And um, because it's so familiar, we just let it ramble on and on. You know, And I often say to people when I'm teaching this, I say, 
Imagine you gave your critics words to your best friend and you let your, and you walked and your friend walked around with you all day saying, that's not very good. And that's not very nice. And you could have been better there. And that's really messy. And you're pretty lazy and look at your hair. And, you know, we wouldn't put up with that for about, I don't know, a minute without saying, Hey, wait a minute. You know, I don't really need all this negativity. I don't need to be reminded 50 times why I forgot, you know, someone's birthday. But with the voices in our head, we just let them drone on and on and we get beaten down and we see the world through that negative lens, which is quite distorted. And then it becomes our life because it's what we've been focused on. And and unfortunately, I think many people do keep those people around who put them down and they allow the abuse because it feels normal. And I think that what you're doing with teaching people how to be mindful and have self-compassion is a way to help people recognize the abuse that's in their lives and to help them change from within so that what's happening in their relationships and in their experiences changes. Right. Yeah, the first thing we have to do is know what's happening, which is you know why the, the subtitle is you know, mind, how mindfulness and compassion can help free you from the critic. And so we have to first bring that self-awareness to see, oh, what am I doing? What am I practicing? What habits am I uh, engaging in? Who am I surrounding myself in? And what voices am I listening to? Because without that awareness and self-awareness, you know, we will carry on these habitual patterns because that's why they're habits and it's ingrained. And once we cultivate that awareness, then we can see, you know, is this, is this, is this thought, is this habit, is this pattern, is this healthy, is this you know, flourishing in life or is this actually making me contracted, small, feel deficient? And so once we have that awareness, then we have a little more choicefulness about, well, how do I want to live and think and and perceive and engage with life? So it's really um, the mindfulness gives us some sense of empowerment that we do have a re- choice in how we live and respond to what's uh, happening in our heads and, and in our environment. Well, and and how do we um, shift to a belief that we deserve uh, to be happy and that we deserve to think good thoughts about ourselves and have other people say good things about us? Yeah, well, I think, I don't even think it's really about deserving. I just think it's about um, uh, reflecting on both what do we want and what's possible. You know, I think we often are very passive uh, in relationship to our environment and to our thoughts. And once we realize we actually do have a choice, and if it is true that we want, you know, as I think everybody does, wants to be happy, wants to find ease, wants to find well-being or self-love or kindness, then the responsibility is really on us to say, okay, so what's getting in the way of that? And one of the things that I think is, you know, in my work with people over 20 years, one of the main interrupters of inner peace is this voice of judgment and the critic. And so once we see that, then we have the chance to go, okay, so what can I do about that? And that's why in the book I have this whole, you know, I have a 
each uh, practice after each chapter, and there's a, what I call the innate critic toolkit, which is a series of techniques and tools and practices that help us both wake us up to the damage of the critic and also how we can effectively defend and protect ourselves against its very negative messaging. And and I think that's a key is that we need to focus on ourselves and because many of us are very outwardly focused um, and want um, confirmation or uh, or positive coming at us from other people, whereas if we start to give that to ourselves, I mean, what I like to say is with yourself, you're with yourself 24-7, you know, all day, every day, you're there, and so you're the person who needs to begin to feed yourself the good thoughts and the compassion and kindness that you want others to give you. Right. And I, I, there's a, I forget who said this, but somebody said, you know, the hardest person that we'll ever live with is ourselves. And I think that's very true. And I think, you know, I, I, you know, I teach all over the world and I find that this pattern of self-judgment quite ubiquitous. And I think it's a, it's a growing epidemic. I think it's a leading cause of depression and low esteem. And it's true. We do live with ourselves and, um, and we have the, the power and the possibility of really changing that relationship. I mean, as, you know, as a young man, when I was 19, you know, I read my journals from that time and I, you know, I remember how cruel and harsh I was with myself. And, you know, I was lucky to find those practices at a young age where I began to be aware of that and began to see how unkind that was and that there was another way. And so over time, and it's, you know, of course it's taken a long time. These things don't change overnight. But we can start to cultivate a kinder relationship to ourselves. We can be, start to be more forgiving of our humanness, of our foibles, of our idiosyncrasies. Um, we can start to um, see the goodness and see our good qualities in the ways that we might be kind or generous. And so uh, and we can start creating space between ourselves and our critic, or we can start having a sense of humor about the critic that is always unsatisfied. It's never enough. It's never good enough um, telling us to do one thing and then criticizing for us, us for doing the very thing that it told us to do. And <laughs> so, you know, it's good to have a sense of lightness you know, and a sense of playfulness with it. You know, when I, when sometimes when I give my book talks, I, I, I put on this, this old English barrister's wig, you know, the long gray curly wigs. Uh-huh. and make fun of my critic, you know. Um, and as, as much as the critic might have the original intention to be helping us from, from you know, rejection and pain in our childhood, it's taken over and become out of sync with what's really helpful. And, and then that's why we need a very proactive, engaged relationship where we're not listening to it. We, we, we do see it that it's just a point of view. It's not reality. And uh, we can actually have a much... Uh, healthier relationship. You know, I make this point in the book about the difference between judging, which I, which I think is of negative and self-critical versus discerning. You know, we can discern, we can evaluate, we can assess, we can discriminate in a very healthy way, um, or we can judge and make ourselves feel bad, which makes us feel much less likely to engage in action and 
positive behavior. It's actually counterproductive. That's. I think that's just so very important because it's not that we don't want to improve ourselves and it isn't saying that everything we do is perfect. It's just saying that we don't have to sit in the corner and deprive ourselves of life or feeling good. We can look at what we did without beating ourselves up and see how we could do it differently next time. Right. Yeah, there's a chapter in the book called 2020 Hindsight, and, and the, the critic has an unfair uh, 2020 hindsight that looks back and, you know, chastises us for you know, choices we might have made in relationship or with our children or money. Or, and, of course, anybody can look back with 2020 hindsight and go, yeah, of course, you, you know, could have, would have, should have done that. But, you know, we do the best we can at any time. And so um, we need to, you know, trust that we're doing the best we can. We need to forgive ourselves for all the, you know, you know, errors or mistakes or things that, you know, we may have think, you know, we could have done better, you know, from that perspective of from the 2020 hindsight. And then, and then let go and move on rather than, you know, thinking that we're wrong or bad or a failure for doing those things, you know, because who hasn't? gone through life, you can't get through life without, you know, making decisions and things that, you know, you later would wish you'd done something different, but that's life and that's learning. And then you talked about that in your story. That's how we grow. That's how we wake up actually, um, is through those life, uh, decisions and challenges and they're not wrong. It's part of the human experience. And so we need, you know, forgiveness is really an important part of the, the process of, um, living and waking up. Uh, yes, and also I think something you said about normalizing it, that this is just life and that it's such a crazy expectation to assume that we're going to do everything right always the first time because there is no such thing. There's, there's. I, I like to say, well, I wouldn't need to be on earth anymore. <laughs> I <Exactly>. would have ascended. <laughs> Exactly. You know, and every great um, inventor and, um, you know, innovator, you know, like um, the founder of, of Honda Motor Cars, Richard Honda, you know, he, he has this phrase, success is 99% failure. You know, and every great, you know, whether it's an athlete or a designer or an innovator, you know, they got there through, you know, tremendous failures. And, but they didn't get down on themselves. They just saw failure as part of, you know, a healthy process of learning and developing and could move on. And so, we, you know, when we're not crippled by the critic, then we can actually do great things. But when we listen to the critic and believe its voice that we're doing it wrong, that we're failing, that we're a loser, then that calls towards any creative impulse and possibility. And that's what I'm trying to encourage people to, to be, to, 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 you know, release from. Uh, and it also prevents us from the learning that we could do if we would allow ourselves to not judge, but to analyze, as you said before, and think about. Um, let's, we're ready to go to our break, so let's pick up on this and talk more about how we can 
shift that energy from being so negative and critical of ourselves to using our mind to learn and grow and be happy. Um, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process for my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, healing at deep levels, and getting what you truly want one in life. This process came to me in that space that Robert Moss talked about between sleeping and waking. It was a gift from the spiritual realm that helps my clients align their conscious and unconscious mind and move forward with ease and speed. They change from the inside out, creating lasting change and self empowerment. Now in your paper, write down at least one technique you're going to use to stop criticizing yourself. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Mark Coleman to talk more about how to stop criticizing ourselves and make peace with our minds. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too, while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. listening to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit with dr paula joyce to reach the show today please call 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 you may also send an email to dr paula joyce at gmail.com that's dr paula joyce at gmail.com now back to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope you wrote down at least one technique you're going to use to stop criticizing yourself. I think I'm going to use that picture of the judge with that white, long, (laughs) curly wig. And I'm so glad we're here with Mark Coleman to talk more about how to stop criticizing ourselves and make peace with our minds. 
So, Mark, what I really do love that image. Um, and, and it just, I keep seeing it, and you have to laugh. Um, you have so, to laugh. Good to laugh. As Wavy Gravy says, if you don't have a sense of humor, it just ain't funny anymore. And I really like that. Uh, absolutely. And uh, we've become so serious and so worried and anxious about life, as you were mentioning antidepressants and anxiety drugs. And people who assume that's normal, they don't even try to change, they just take the drug. So, how do we, those of us who don't want to just numb ourselves, but who really want to create a life of joy? and peace of mind and feeling good. Um, what, what other techniques can we use? How can we begin to hear the voice that we think is normal, but hear it as not normal and as hurtful and then to change it? Yeah. Well, as I said, there's a lot of different techniques in the book. And I think the first one is we simply need to bring that self-awareness to our mind and our thoughts and to, and to be really clear when we're judging versus when we're just having a thought or where we're actually healthily discerning. So we notice the judgment. We see its impact. We want to be mindful of how much we listen to it. We want to be mindful of how much we believe it. And we want to be aware of how much authority we give it, right? Because we, all of those are choices and, or habits, and then, um, you know, so there was one practice I, I call the Tai Chi move, which is basically usually we spend our life trying to defend and rationalize uh, against the critic. Like, no, no, I'm really a good person. I really did something nice today. I promise. I promise. And, you know, that's a losing battle because the critic, you know, will always win those kind of arguments. But it's really a losing battle because we've already given authority to the judge to give it a time of day to have a discussion. And mostly we <laughs> want to notice it. And I'll simply say, thank you for your opinion. Thanks for that statement. Thanks for that judgment. Have a nice day. And just sort of let it go by rather than trying to defend myself. I just say, oh, thank you. Very interesting. And is there anything else you want to say? I'm, I'm a terrible meditator too. I didn't know that. Thank you. And so I, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you, sort of thank, you acknowledge it and you let it go or you acknowledge it with a little bit of humor or sarcasm. And, um, you know, as if, as if you're into like some annoying yapping dog that you're like, yes, I hear you and I'm going to get on with what I'm doing. Thank you very much. So that, that strategy is very helpful. Humor is very good if we can see the humor sometimes and like exaggerate it. Yes, I really am the worst meditator in the world. Um, and then, you know, the, the compassion strategies where we, you know, we, you know, sometimes that means um, feeling the pain of the critic. Because one of the things that was really a turning point for me was when I started to listen and feel in my heart how painful it was to be talked to so harshly, cruelly, critically. Rather than being, you know, allied with a judge, I became an ally of my own heart. And so once, that, once I got how painful it was, there was a part of me that got more fierce. You know, it's like the, the, it's just a mama bear fierce love, which is like, no, stop. I'm not going to listen to that. I don't want to hear that. That's not useful. We need to find a better way to move forward here rather than judging and criticizing. Maybe there's something you want to say about, you know, there's some vulnerability underneath this, this judgment, and let's look at that rather than actually just listen to these words that are shaming and critical. 
what you're saying is so very important. And one of the things that you talk about is giving up hope of a better past because I think a lot of those messages come from the past that we had and sometimes we get stuck there and can't seem to let go of the thoughts and beliefs that we picked up. How how do you give up hope of a better past and just let it be? Yeah, so this is a really important one because we do, you know, it's one of the ways that we drag ourselves down is we think, you know, either we think we could have, would have, should have done something different better, um, but really we're fundamentally just not accepting, you know, the past is the past and what was done, it was done. And, you know, whether we regret it or not, it has happened. And our, our spinning in our mind about it is really just a way of not wanting to feel what happened or the impact of what happened, whether it's sadness or guilt or shame or blame. Um, and, um, you know, this is where forgiveness comes in. You know, we, we, we all do things and say things and maybe we're not in our most clear, kind, non-reactive self when we say things that we regret. Yeah, you know, it's called being human. And so we have to learn how to, you know, accept and forgive and, um, Move on, and the key point here is um, we, uh, you know, we this, this, the judge has this idea that we could have, should have, would have done something different or better, and it, you know, we do what we do, um, and we ha- and the the, the, the the issue here is that when we judge ourselves, it shuts down our capacity to learn and inquire and grow from that experience. You know, if, if, we, do so, if we say we shout at somebody because we get angry because we're hurt and triggered and the judge blames us and shames us for that, there's no way we can bring a, a sort of incurious mind and go, well, wow, why did I get so reactive? What was so triggering? How can I learn from that experience? How can I not repeat that? Right? We just feel bad, shame, and collapsed. So when we can keep the critic out of it, we can look and say, how, oh, you know, what happened there? Why did I shout at my child who I love dearly? Or why did I get so reactive to a colleague at work? And we can, we can learn and grow from that so we're not repeating those same things. But with, with the, when the judge is there, it just shuts down all capacity for in that inquiry. Well, and that question is so important because then it's not blaming the other person or making it about the other person because in a way they're really irrelevant. What they did was just act as a device to trigger something in ourselves that was already there. But why was that there and how can I shift that so that that doesn't so that goes away and doesn't get triggered again. Right, right. Now, very important. Very important that we that we catch the you know the causes of the triggers, so we can actually learn and grow. Um, and as I said, the critic is one way of shutting that whole learning process down. So we can't actually. So we will actually keep repeating the same things and feeling bad, and it's, we get caught in a vicious cycle. And I love the way you had that uh, 
conversation with your critic of thank you for sharing, um, have a good day or whatever, you know, as, right. as opposed to trying to argue with it because it's like those people in our lives who we know there's no point in arguing or at some point you realize I'll say something like let's just agree to, di- to disagree and there are some people who I never even in- begin a, a conversation because I know it's not going to be a conversation. I'm always going, they're going to always find a way to win the argument because they need to do that. But then I can avoid that interaction. And the thank you is a way of avoiding that interaction that you're going to lose. So why bother? Right. It's a, it's a very nimble sidestep of just, oh, there's that old habit. I could get sucked into a whole blame game, shame game, and I'm going to just you know, step out and thank you and have a nice day. And let me focus on something more interesting like, you know, the beautiful day or this conversation or what I'm having for breakfast or anything that's actually more physically present and, and real in a certain way. And and what about the people who think that they need that critical impetus in order to get anything done, that they would be lazy or ineffective or never accomplish anything unless they had that whip hitting them and making yeah. them do things? Yeah, no, it's a good point because, you know, many, it's often the first people thing people say was, hey, without my critic, I'd never get out of bed, I'd never go to work, I'd never clean my house, and, um, you know, I'd never succeed or excel, and, uh, and I, you know, I have two main re- responses to that. One is, if we do listen to that voice, then we, we're practicing giving it authority and strength, and it won't just tell us, you know, how or why we should get out of bed, or why we're a bad person because we don't get out of bed. It will continue to find fault all day, every day, and it will never be satisfied and never enough. And so do we want to be listening to and strengthening a part of our minds that is never happy, that's insatiable, and always pointing to the negative? So that's one side of the, the one, one perspective I think it's useful to bear in mind. The second thing is um, uh, I think we have much better ways of motivating ourselves than, than with a stick. Um, you know, so we can look at, you know, instead of, you know, get out of bed because you're lazy or a slob or you're going to fail or someone else is going to beat you to the, you know, the finish line, you know, can we reflect on, you know, what is it that I'm doing with my life and why is it that I'm getting up and, and sort of finding, you know, positive motivation and inspiration and, um, you know, and, and healthy, uh, motivating reflections and strategies rather than, just chastising ourselves for if we don't. So I think we, we're I, mostly just, yeah, go on. Well, I was just to say, unfortunately, we're at the end of this portion, but I, I love ending on that note because then when you get out of bed, you're happy and you want to get out of bed as opposed to being forced to. And so exactly. thank you. Thank you so much, Mark, for your wisdom and your practical ideas. And I really appreciate your having been on the show. And you can find out more about Mark Coleman at awakeinthewild.com. And please Actually, a, a, go. Be, a, a, better, 
A better place okay. would be to go to go to markholman.org. That's Mark with a K, markholman.org. So it has, introduces you to all my different branches of my work. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, markholman.org. Wishing you the very best, Mark. And I'd like to thank my audience for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. Then click on my resources page to purchase Mark Coleman's book and go to my store to purchase my books. Then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, hands-on healing, remote healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as Overcoming Abuse Through Self-Empowerment, 21 Steps for Healing the Body, Energy Healing, The I'm Awakening, The Ultimate Creative Problem-Solving Process. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person, over Skype, or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm, the archangels, angels, and guides who work through through me and directly with my clients. My process helps you remove hidden blockages and connects your mind, body, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. My private and corporate clients improve their finances, health, and relationships. Click on the link to contact me and see for yourself. If you live in Dallas, I invite you to experience my meetup group, for my ultimate creative problem-solving process. Please join us next Thursday when Gary Chapman will talk with us about keeping love alive as memories fade. And our last show of the year will be with Ethel Rosenberg's son, Robert Mirapol, who is working to exonerate her. This is Dr. Polly, your CM or chosen mom, as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. Oh,